0: Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord. He's worthy. He's worthy. Hallelujah. He is almighty. Hallelujah. And thou shalt call his name Jesus. Hold up. child is born, a son is given. I shall call his name Emmanuel. I'm so glad he's with us tonight. How about you? His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Who are you talking about, Brother Ford? I'm talking about Jesus. an old song it says he's all I need he's all I need I know Jesus is all I need He said despise my every need He supplies yes He knows just what I need oh He's all I need He's all I need See, Jesus is all I need. Oh, he satisfies my every need. He supplies. Yes, He knows just what I need. I'm so glad he knows where we are. He knows what we need. Even before we ask, he says, I know. He said, But ask that your joy may be full. You have not because you ask not. But ask. I want you to be full of joy. I come down from my lofty heights and visit with you one-on-one and give you the desire of your heart. Hallelujah. God's a good God. What's that song? I need your mercy. I need your grace. I need your hands. Leading the way I can't make it without you Not for one day Lord, I need your mercy I need your grace Everybody say, Lord, I need your mercy I need your grace, I need your hand leading the way, I can't make it without you, not for one day, I need your mercy, oh Lord, I need your grace. Just leading the way, can't make it without you, not for one day. Thank God for His mercy. Thank God. If You've got your Bibles tonight. Thank you, Pastor Moore. Good to see all of you out in the house of the Lord tonight. Talk about something that's kind of been on my mind a little bit lately. Now, uh, maybe I can do justice with it. Hallelujah. The Word of God is a lamp. The Psalmist says, Chapter One Nineteen. If you hadn't read Chapter One Nineteen lately, and I think when I get out of here, I may read it myself again. I hadn't read it lately, but I know kind of about what it's about. From start to finish, it's about the Word of God. It's about standing on His precepts and keeping His Word and His law and His commandments. But He says, it's a lamp unto my feet, it's a light unto my path. And then John in the first chapter of Saint John talks about in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, the same was in the beginning with God. And he was sent to be a light into the world. He said, He's that true light that lighteth every man that cometh into the world. A lamp. A light. The word of God. Jesus Christ it is a true statement when we say Jesus is all you need he is everything from center to circumference everything is upheld by his might and his power and no dominion stands except by the power and dominion of God giving it that dominion Daniel said I saw a great image, O King. Here's a honeybee on my Bible. If he gets on you, don't mash him, don't swat him. He won't hurt you unless you mash him. We got some honeybees in here tonight. Lord, take care of the little bee. Praise God. They will sting you. I can testify. And uh, praise God. But he's all you need. He's all you need. So if you got your Bibles tonight, I would like to start out with reading a couple of verses. I don't know just how I'm going to get this done and what... Measure or manner, uh, but we'll figure it out as we go, okay? Is that all right with y'all? <laughs> this is not the first time I've used this scripture, but it's and preached from this. And used it as a text. I've done it more than once. But like I said before, I, I, I really don't know how to do the same thing twice. Exactly the same. I, I'm not that good of a note keeper. <laughs> but it's going to be a little bit different this time. It had been too long ago I used this. And I think Pastor Moore may have even uh, here the other night. I seen on one of the things. And I said, well... I don't know what he said or how he said it. Maybe I won't say the same stuff. And purposely, I hadn't listened to it, <laughs> uh, but it may not have been. But Jeremiah, the sixth chapter, if you got your Bible and. Uh, but I did notice something here a couple of times in Jeremiah. Brother Barry preached from Jeremiah here a few weeks ago and uh the 8th chapter you'll find this in the 14th verse it said they have healed also the hurt of the daughter of my people slightly saying peace peace when there is no peace and he preached from the 8th chapter I believe it is where he says is there a bomb in Gilead is there a physician there and that same quote is in that chapter also. They have healed also the hurt of my people slightly, saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. Fifteenth verse says, Were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? Nay, they were not at all ashamed, neither could they blush. Therefore they shall fail or fall among them that fall. At the time that I visit them, they shall be cast down, saith the Lord. Here's the verse. Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways and see. And as for the old paths, where is the good way? And walk therein. And ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk therein. Also, I said, watchmen over you, saying, hearken to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, we will not hearken. We will not hearken unto thy law, but reject it In in verse 19 at the end of it. And if you would, turn to Ezra, the third chapter. I'm going to try to use all of this stuff in some manner. Probably don't, won't make sense right now, but hopefully I can. Uh... Ezra, Zerubbabel. Joshua, Joshua are about to begin the building of, rebuilding of the temple at Jerusalem. In the 11th verse of chapter 3 it says, And they sang together by chorus in praising and giving thanks unto the Lord because he is good for his mercy and doeth forever toward Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they Praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the priests and Levites and chief of the fathers, who were ancient men that had seen the first house, when the foundation of this house was laid before their eyes, wept with a loud voice. And men, many shouted aloud for joy so that the people could not discern the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of the weeping of the people. For the people shouted with a loud shout, and the noise was heard far off. So I'd like to talk to us just for a moment about—I don't know what to title it. I never do. Sound man, you'll just have to figure it out for me <laughs> again. But when I when I read this or heard it read or, or somewhere, and this particular verse came to my mind, it says that. And all the people shouted when they laid that foundation because of the temple. And the young men and the younger folks shouted. But the ancient men wept because they remembered. I'd like to talk to us a little while about remembering the old paths and remembering the former glory. Praise the Lord. Would y'all help me pray? Let's ask God to bless His Word. Thank you, Lord, for your grace and mercy. Help me to hear your voice, to speak as an oracle of God. God, help me to do good unto your people, to bring forth the Word of God in truth. God, let my face be as a flint. God, let my forehead be as an adamant stone. That I can say, Thus saith the Lord, without fear or favor. God, help us to realize that your word is true. It's forever settled in heaven, it will never pass away. It changeth not because thou art a God that cannot change. You are forever the same, yesterday, today, and forever, Jesus Christ. You are the same. And we praise you and we thank you, Lord, for your word, for your power, for your holiness, and for your spirit in us today, the Holy Ghost and fire sent down from God out of heaven. I love you, Lord Jesus. I thank you that you dwell with us and in us. So God, help me tonight in Jesus' name to give unto your people what you would have them to hear in Jesus' name. Lord bless you. You may be seated. Praise God. Praise God, praise God. Maybe I can get this done and won't be so long. Uh, they tell me, as Brother Moore <laughs> already said, that man, you've done real good. Sixteen minutes. And uh you know it doesn't take long to sometimes to uh to let Jesus be known. Amen. Praise God, praise God. But uh but But this thought uh, and, and, and talking to, uh, to other people and, and looking at the uh, landscape of the church as it is now, everything looks real blurry for some reason, Pastor Moore. Y'all pray for me. My blood pressure was up last night. I ate a bunch of pork, and uh, it woke me up with a headache. And uh, the bottom part was 99. It was between 90 and 100 all day and most of the night last night or all night until this morning. And so I couldn't help myself. I'd eat another bite of it a while ago. Just a little, one bite, just one bite. And I checked it hours or so later, and it was back up. There you go, Brother Moore says. Hard heads makes high blood pressure. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. But I, I did hear something, and I thought about myself, and I, and I want to try to be mindful of, of uh, the, s- the sacredness of where we are and, and what I'm doing, right? I, I can remember when I first started out trying to testify and, you know, and preach a little bit and exhort that it was the most serious thing. that I, It was the most serious thing. It was just the most serious thing. And I I couldn't see how anybody could laugh or say anything funny in the pulpit because it's a place where we're pulling them out of the pit. And uh, so I was listening to Brother Orland Ray Foss last night, and he said that. He said, it's not a place for you to joke. He said, it's not a place for you to get your laughs and your giggles. He said, it's the most serious place that there is on the face of the earth because it's a place that stands between heaven and hell, for every soul that's under the sound of your voice. And he's telling the truth. He's telling the truth. So I don't want to be too heavy on you. I, I, I've come to understand that uh, sometimes the word of God is quick and powerful. And it's it's sharp, it's an instrument that cuts. And if you've ever got a cut, and if you've ever been uh, uh had surgery or or anything like that, it it, it it don't feel too good to be cut on, to be carved on and to be uh uh you know, to try to take a cancer off and they cut it out and and it's sore for many days and uh, to get that 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 devil out of your system. And so sometimes the Word of God, it's, an, it's, an, it's a surgeon's tool in the hand of the man of God. And the man of God at times has to, has to cut things away that he really don't want to have to do it. But the Word of God mandates that I have to use that tool to cut away that cancer or it'll spread. And the whole body would be affected. The guy that works with me, he may be 40 now, Walt Nader. He was found with a big mass in his chest. I told you all about it, I think, here a while back. Uh, about the size of, not quite the size of your fist, but almost Sister Mildred's fist for sure, probably, because it's very small. But, uh, but to get that thing under control, they put him on some very, very high doses. I think he had to go in the hospital, I want to say hours, days, maybe, that, at a time. And, uh, but he said, now they it's shrunk to so many centimeters. And he said, that may be scar tissue, but they'll do a PET scan and find out. But, but to let that thing go, if they had not found it, if he had not got short of breath and hurt so bad that he, he almost passed out and he couldn't hardly walk, uh, that thing had, was just pressing on everything and he got to worry. He had no idea just all of a sudden and it showed up. But that was just the grace and the hand and the mercies of God giving a young man a chance. But they but they didn't let that thing go because if they'd have let it gone, it would have gotten in his lymph glands and it would have got in his bone marrow and it got in his bloodstream and it just it just Takes over the whole body and destroys the body. That's why we have to preach the word of God to you. It has to be line upon line. It has to be precept upon precept. Here a little, there a little. And rightly dividing the word of truth. And we have to do it the way God wants it done. Not the way you feel like it ought to be done. But it is a mandate from heaven that we see the enemy coming. And we warn you about those things that are coming your way. And so... So I just want to try to, uh, oh, just try to caution us and uh, kind of look at the landscape of the uh, of the church as a as a whole of the Jesus name, the apostolic ranks, and uh, uh, of just denominations, whatever they may be. But uh, you know, uh, Pastor Moore, I'm concerned about where we are and what we're doing, and what we're allowing. Stand ye in the old paths. I read that on purpose. Wherein is a good way. Everybody say good way. Yes, it is. Stand in the old paths, wherein is a good way. Well, I don't believe that yet, but it's a good way to do it. Well, that may not, I don't think that's, no, no, it's a good way. It is a right way. It is a holy way. It is a true way. And walk therein. And ye shall find, what is the next word? Rest. For your souls. Now, if you think about it. What is that rest? This is a rest. This is a refreshing. Isaiah said, if I was stammering lips and another tongue, would I speak to this people? But for all this, they would not hear. This is a rest. This is a refreshing. It's the Holy Ghost sent down from God out of heaven. Precept upon precept, line upon line. It's the word of God. It's the rest. It is a rest wherewith ye shall cause the weary to rest. It is a refreshing from on high. It is Jesus himself. He went through the field of corns with his disciples and they said, why do they pluck ears of corn on the Sabbath day. He said because I am the Lord of the Sabbath. I am that rest. Lest they should enter into my rest. It said in Hebrews and they should know me and I should heal them and I should forgive them. But because of their unbelief and because they didn't want to do what I asked them to do I said they shall not enter into my rest. But if you'll do what God wants you to do and you'll hear his voice There is rest in God for you. And it is a Holy Ghost sent from God out of heaven. And there's only one way to get it. And that's in obedience to the Word of God. But uh, I noticed that when they set that stone and they began to build that temple and they saw the foundation laid on that house that the young man they shouted aloud with joy and they cried out uh, you know with great joy and exuberance because finally the house of the Lord was being built and my mind took me to the time that is now and there's a lot of young people and there's a lot of churches around and they're they're they've got a foundation and uh, they're built that they, they've seen the foundation and, they, uh, and they've got that foundation finally laid and they're really rejoicing in what they have and they're really exuberant about what they've got and they sing the songs and they write the songs and they talk about Jesus and they go to church and they give their all to, to their church and they give their all to, to their work in the church whether it's singing or playing or or whether it's praying or whatever it may be but there's something missing in their life because they didn't get to see the glory of the former house they hadn't seen the glory of the first house and the pomp and the glory of god and the shekinah when it came down when everything was put in order just like god said for it to be and the power and the glory of god came down in that temple of solomon and it filled and the priests and all the elders couldn't even see the minister in that house. And if we're not careful, we're going to raise a generation that they don't know about what I heard when I was a boy coming up, Brother Moore. They hadn't seen the things that we saw when we were coming up. They hadn't heard those old stories. And they hadn't seen the power and the glory when it came down. But they got a foundation. And they're glad in that. But somehow or another there comes a voice of God unto them. He said, search ye out the old path wherein is a good way and walk therein. But they're turning their ear from it. He said, I've got this. I've got this. We shout we dance we speak in tongues we got this we do that but we're not gonna go where you're at and we're not gonna do what you do let us alone and let us do it our way and so they have a form of godliness the old men wept When God gave Moses the plan of that tabernacle in the wilderness, Brother Moore, he told him exactly what he wanted and the way he wanted it. And so Omo, he began to put in order those things that God wanted. And the Spirit of God moved upon men and gave them cunning ability to beat out the gold and to beat out the silver and to beat out the brass and to make the vessels in the house of the Lord and to make the things in the house of the Lord and and, and, to, and to put the curtains together, seamstresses if you will, badger skins, goat skins, dyed red, wool, all manner of stuff, it went into the building of the temple of the Lord. But when it was all ready to be put up, Everything in there had to be anointed with the holy anointing oil. He said, Moses, I want you to take the oil, that holy anointing oil, and I want you to anoint the vessels of the sanctuary. He said, they're going to put the ark of the testimony and cover it with the veil. And thou shalt bring in the table and order the things in it. And thou shalt bring in the candlestick, the lights thereof. And thou shalt set the altar of gold, of incense. And the ark of the testimony. And put the hanging of the door of the tabernacle. And thou shalt set the altar of the burnt offering before the door of the tabernacle. And thou shalt set the laver in its foot. And thou shalt set up the court round about and hang up the hanging of the court gate. And thou shalt take anointing oil, The anoint and anoint the tabernacle and all that therein is. And thou shalt hallow it and all the vessels thereof and it shall be holy. Furthermore, he didn't go not one other step further until he took that anointing all that was made specifically for this. He said it should not be put this anointing all. It's, it's, it's a holy anointing. It's not just to put on anybody. But you anoint everything in this tabernacle. And when you anoint it, it's going to be holy unto the Lord. It's going to be sanctified or set apart. It's going to be only for my use and for the use in the house of the Lord. And for Aaron and his sons, the high priest and his sons to minister in the house of the Lord. But that ain't all. I want you to take that same oil and I want you to anoint Aaron. And I want you to anoint his sons because they're set apart. They're not like the rest of the congregation. I've set them apart. And I'm going to put my anointing upon them. But they got to do things exactly like I tell them to do it. And they got to hear my voice when I speak. And they got to be obedient to what I've asked them to do in every facet. And don't shy from one thing. But do it exactly like I've said. And so... Thou shalt anoint the labor of his foot and sanctify him, and thou shalt bring Aaron and his sons to the door of the tabernacle, and wash them with water. There it is again. Well, I don't think you have to be baptized. You shall wash them with water. Well, praise the Lord. And thou shalt put upon Aaron the holy garments, and anoint him, and sanctify him, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. And thou shalt bring his sons and clothe them with coats. Thou shalt anoint them and thou, as thou didst anoint their father, that they may minister unto me in the priest's office, for their anointing shall surely be an everlasting priesthood throughout their generations. Thus did Moses, according to all the Lord, commanded him, so did he. And it came to pass in the first month, the second year, on the day of the month, on the first day of the month that the tabernacle was reared up. And Moses reared up the tabernacle and fastened his sockets and set the boards thereof and put the bars thereof and and reared up his pillars. And he spread abroad... The tent over the tabernacle and put the covering of the tent above upon it. And the Lord commanded Moses as he commanded Moses. And he took and put the testimony into the ark and set the staves on the ark and put the mercy seat above the ark. Now, this is a tabernacle in the wilderness. This is a place that went with them. They took it down, and when they traveled, They took it with them. And so when Solomon or David wanted to build a house for the Lord, he said, I've never dwelt in any place. I've always been among the people. And I have not put my name in any place yet for me to have a house. And so here we see when the ark of the testimony is finally built, he set the bread in order upon the showbread. And he put the table in the tent of the congregation upon the side of the tabernacle northward without the veil. And he put the bread on the table as he commanded him. He put the candlestick in the tent over against the table on the south side of the tabernacle southward. And he lighted the lamps before the Lord as he commanded him. And he put the golden altar in the tent of the congregation before the veil, and he burnt sweet incense thereon, as the Lord commanded Moses. And he set up the hanging at the door of the tabernacle, and he put the altar of burnt offering by the door of the tabernacle of the tent of the congregation and offered upon it the burnt offering and the meat offering as the Lord commanded Moses. And he set the laver between the tent of the congregation and the altar and put water there to wash withal. You notice where that water's put? Well, praise the Lord. After death and the killing, there's a washing. Well, praise God. There's a burying. Buried with him in baptism, it says. Well, praise God. So, I'm not going to get into that. Don't let me get sidetracked, God. They'll be here like Brother Moore said. And uh, so... And he put the altar, put water therein to wash with all. And Moses and Aaron and his sons washed their hands and their feet thereat. When they went into the tent of the congregation, and when they came near unto the altar, they washed as the Lord commanded Moses. And he reared up the court round about the tabernacle and the altar and set up the hanging of the court gate. So Moses finished the work. But Brother Moore, it wasn't until he got the work complete. It wasn't before he set the labor and put the water in. It wasn't before they had sacrificed and washed at the brazen labor. It wasn't before they set the light in order and the incense and the bread. It wasn't before... They got the ark of the testimony behind the veil, and they had the cherubim set over it in the mercy seat. But he said when the building was finished and everything was anointed and every dish and everything in there had been anointed by a Moses and Aaron and everything in that tabernacle was in its right place. It said when the work was finished it said then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation because a cloud abode their own and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. I'm telling you God's not going to send His glory to a half baked church. He's not going to send his truth and his power and his true anointing to a half baked church. But he wants a church that's holy, that's anointed, that's been purified, that's been washed up, that's been cleansed that's been made making sacrifices unto the Lord. And when he hears the voice of your worship and of your cry, then the glory of the Lord will come down and will fill the house. But not until, but not until. And so when I read, when I read the account of them dedicating Solomon's house, In the 11th verse of the 5th chapter of 2 Chronicles it says, and and it came to pass when the priests were coming out of the holy place, then it's got in parentheses, for all the priests that were present were sanctified and then did not wait by course. So they, Solomon, and the priest... The prophets had already sanctified themselves and the singers, all the Levites, also the Levites, which were the singers of them, of Asaph, of Hermon, with them, their sons, their brethren, with cymbals and psalters and harps, sounding with trumpets. Listen to how it, I I couldn't help but correlate what happens with us on the day of Pentecost it says that when he was dedicating the house and when they were offering, it says when it was finished, Solomon brought in all the things that David his father had dedicated, all the things of gold and all the instruments, and assembled them and put them in and all the dedicated things that they had dedicated. And then he began to offer sacrifice, sheep and oxen that could not be numbered for the manifold multitude of them. And so they sacrificed unto the Lord for the house that Solomon built. And if you read anything about that house, it was a very, very ornate, beautiful structure such as we have never seen probably in this world since. They tell me the sun would hit that and they could see it would shine off of it and it would just, they could see that reflection for miles off of that temple, the gold on it. But it said, and it came to pass as the trumpeters and singers were as one. To make one sound, to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. When they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord. Saying, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. That then the house was filled with a cloud even the house of the Lord. So the priest could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house. And so, I believe that I read in the book of Acts that it says, now when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and cloven tongues like as a fire set upon each of them and they all received the gift of the Holy Ghost and spake with tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. I'm telling you there's nothing like being right with God and doing it right. If you'll be one with Him and He with you you can ask what you will and He will give it to you. He's a god that will not, you know, change his principle today for something else tomorrow. But where he was yesterday, he'll be today. What he expected of them yesterday, he expects of you today. If you have to bury your gold and your God under the tree yesterday, you'll have to bury your gold and your gods under your tree today. If he required it of them, he requires it of you. And is required of them that comes after us. And so, I ain't going to be much longer. I feel like I'm a, I feel like I'm a, whoo, y'all all right? Look, when I hear them talk, when I hear them professing the claim, or when I just look at some of our churches today, I hadn't been in one myself, but I've seen some of the people. They said there's some of the churches, you can walk in them, you can't tell they were like us ever. The music is there. They say the same things somewhat. But they're not going to tell you that God says don't do that. Well, but I don't think That's the problem. You don't think. It's about what God desires and what he says. Wherefore come ye out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. If he says come out from among them be separate, then be separate. And touch not the unclean thing. And I will set no evil thing before mine eyes. Hey, you got if you're going to be holy and if you're going to uh, bear the holy anointing all of God and have the Shekinah glory come in, it's got to be done exactly the way God says for it to be done. Because when they built this this house in, in Nehemiah's time and Ezra's time, I don't read where they ever finished that and the glory of God ever came down. I find no record of when it was finished. That there was a mighty move of God. But if we're not careful. And we're going to allow ourselves to. Uh, uh, at times to. Uh, be too cozy with those who have fallen away. And those who have uh, said. Uh, I'm not going to walk therein. I- I'm, I- I'm- I think I've got the rest that I need. And I I don't need to hear what you've got to say. We're doing it. I'm I'm tired of your legalism. And I'm tired of this. And I'm tired of that. I can go over here. And they're doing the same thing you're doing. But they just don't make me do anything. Or they say we make them do. Pastor Moore, you ain't never made me do nothing. I just want everybody to know you've never made me do anything. And furthermore, if you tried to make me, I'd probably get up my hackles. That's right. And he's got enough sense to know he can't make you or me do anything. But he's going to preach the word. We got a mandate from God to preach the word. And if you do it fine, if you don't, then you're going to die lost. Because if you can't hear the man of God that God's put over you, you're not going to be saved. You can forget it. Now you can say, well, I think it doesn't matter what you think. It's what the word of God says. He said, I set a watchman over you. He said, I, I've got a watchman over you. He said, uh, and, and some of the watchmen have done dogs. They, 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 they don't bark. They don't let you know when the enemy's coming. But my watchman, he's going to sound the alarm. He's going to see the enemy approaching way yonder. He's going to say, hey, I see an enemy coming. Get your ornaments off and put your shield on. Put your sword on. Get the ornaments of warfare. And your weapons are off. And let's fight, because the enemy's coming. And so, uh, the story of Nehemiah and Ezra—they're kind of entwined, right? And there are uh, one's building the temple, the others helping. And he's the governor, and the uh, part of that time, and he—he's uh, building the walls, and the walls were torn down and burnt with fire. And he's got Sanballat and Tobiah, and and that. Gershomite or whatever he was, the other fellow there, and they're fighting him tooth and nail and the Ashdodites and uh, and they're contending with him and they're 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 not wanting him to build the wall. They're not wanting the uh, temple of the Lord and the place of God, the house of God. They don't want it to be secure. They don't want it to be a place that's holy. They want anything and everything that wants to come in and out of there to come in and out of the house of God. They want any kind kind of vile spirit and any kind of uh, uh, adulterous thing living in, in the house of God, if you please. Uh, Nehemiah said, I took his stuff and I found out that he was a son and all of uh, of Tobiah, I believe it was, or somebody, one of them. He said, and I chucked his stuff out of the temple into the street and I run them out. And so... Uh, Oh, this is rough, Pastor Moore. I'm walking in peanut butter right now. It's too late to stop now. <laughs> Praise God. And so he says, Nehemiah, the thirteenth chapter, he says, And I commanded the Levites they should cleanse themselves, and they should come and keep the gates to sanctify the Sabbath day. Then he says, Remember me, O my God, concerning this also. Spare me according to the greatness of thy mercy. Now listen to what he says. Pastor Moore, I, I have a fear of this very thing happening to some of us, even here. And If I, if I hadn't, I wouldn't be saying what I'm saying tonight. Because I know it's, it's, not, it's not always, it's not running the aisles, it's not dancing and shouting. It's kind of sobering, isn't it? But God exacts from us pureness. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. I don't care, you know, what you do or how you do it. You can do a lot of stuff. It doesn't matter about that. God says, I look on... I look at the inward man, and I see that, and I, I I know what it is. I mean, for from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. You can't you can't say I'm a I'm a I'm living for God, and out of your mouth spews all kind of vulgarity and all kind of uh, of mess and all kind of just. Stuff just stirring it up, keeping folks at odd with each other. Well, praise God. And uh, And uh, incidentally, Brother Faust told a story about a, a young man that they had left the church, or they had went to eat with somebody, and, and on the way back getting on the freeway a truck hit a guy that was trying to cross it. He said when he got there, his leg was so mangled, and it was in a J-shaped, twisted around back this way, and he said it was crushed. His leg and, and his head was busted. He said he had cuts all over him, and he was... And so the fella he was with was uh, EMT sort of, whatever, and he was telling him, look, don't move a thing, don't move. He said, and that guy being so close to death, he said, I've never heard such vile, such wickedness come from a man's mouth. He was cursing everything, his leg, this and that, the driver, and said, and him laying there, his life ebbing away from him, had no thought of calling on God for mercy. So we're living in a world that uh, they, they don't really know about God. And we're also living in a church world that professes to know Him but their language is all messed up. Did you know that the true children of God have their language and the world has its language? The church... When Jesus come in his day, the, the doctors and the lawyers of that time and the, and the so-called church of that day, they had no idea who their God was. He was walking among them. He was doing things no other man ever done. And he said, you wouldn't have any sin except I come and I've done what no man ever had done before. And you still won't recognize me as who I am. He said, and the scripture is full of who I am and how I would come. And you still won't hear my voice. And so there we are. And so Nehemiah, he says, In those days also saw I Jews that had married wives of Ashdod, of Ammon and of Moab. And their children spake half in speech of Ashdod and could not speak in the Jews' language. Some that's sitting under the sound of my voice tonight, Brother Moore, if they're not careful. Young precious minds. They'll listen to that suave voice. Coming from somewhere else. You don't have to do that. Y'all go to church too much. You know, we're kind of like Nebuchadnezzar. You know who Nebuchadnezzar is? Oh, Nebuchadnezzar. He made that image of gold. He says, We got music, we worship. When you hear the music, bow down and worship. We got this God. You can see him. We got great stuff going on. Come on over here. But it's kind of like when they said, if he can't say Isbosheth, but it says Ishbosheth, and it says it with a lisp, you know he's the enemy. Kill that one. When the Jews were fighting for their land and so he says they picked up the language of other gods and of other people and then he went on to say he said you think you can handle that you think you can go among them and play around and get cozy with them and and go sit on their pews and listen to their stuff and not be affected your speech will betray you said Solomon couldn't do it he took wives of other people he took wives of others that were not of his his heritage and guess what it made him do and he was the wisest man God had ever put on the face of the earth at that time he was uh, the wisest man uh, until Jesus came and walked upon the face of the earth he put wisdom in him but he failed the test because he decided that he could handle what God said don't you do and you can't handle it it may seem all right now but you keep on flirting with the way they say who is they I've often wondered you know they say well who is they and why would you listen to they well Pastor Moore says that God said, really, could you show me that? Oh yeah. And so we turn in the book and we show you. Search out the old path. Wherein is a good way. And walk therein and you shall find rest. Did you know you can't be saved if you're not walking in the old path? Wherein is a good way because that's where you find rest. And he says, this is the rest. This is the refreshment. And so we'll have children. They'll be speaking half the language of those but they won't be able to speak the true language of a Jew. For he is not a Jew that is one outwardly, but he that is one inwardly by the Spirit. Come to the music. I'm, I'm done. There is a way that seemeth right unto the man... But the end thereof are the ways of death. Young people, be careful who you buddy up with and how much time you spend with them. Because if you're not careful, we won't be able to recognize your speech after a while. You won't speak that same pure language of a Jew, of a child of God. Of the called of God. God chose Abraham. Of all the nations of the people. I chose one man. And I said out of you Abraham. And Sarah. Not a handmaiden. But you and Sarah out of you. I'm going to make a great nation. Abe. Because you listened to my voice and you left. We're going to go through the ritual of being a friend. You lay your coat aside and I'm going to pass through that sacrifice and those pieces like a smoking furnace and a burning lamp. He said, you lay your coat aside and I'm going to let you put on mine. said, And Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Not having our own righteousness that is as filthy rags, but the righteousness that is of God through Christ Jesus our Lord. He laid aside his garment, it says. And in that day, for friendship, they traded their garments. And so, when God passed through those pieces, as a smoking furnace and a burning lamp. He clothed Abraham with his own garment. He said, now I call you friend. My friend Abraham. It was accounted to him for righteousness. I don't know about you, but I'm going to keep those things that have been committed unto me. Timothy, Titus, Those things that's handed down from your fathers, from those godly men, most of the time didn't have two nickels to rub together. Sometimes, often, was some potatoes. Couldn't hardly read or write. wasn't real educated. That, well, Brother Ford, the church ain't perfect. I've seen so-and-so and this one, and I've seen that, and this, that, and the other, and this, and such, and thus, and that. and I've heard it all. Stand. I turn over to the book of Revelation. John is in the aisle that is called Patmos. For the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ is why He's there. He said, "Now I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard a voice behind me as the voice of many waters, as the voice of thunder." And that voice began to speak to him and tell him, "I want you to get a pen. I want you to write it down, John." That he had seven stars in his hands. And then later in about the third chapter, starting about, the, he said, and I saw seven churches. One, but one of them, he didn't have something against, Pastor Moore. Well, none of them perfect. Some of them weren't very good. But he says, but you have this that you're yet holding to but you have a little bit of strength. Strengthen that that remains. He said, but I have somewhat against thee. I have somewhat against thee. Thee, thee, thee. I have somewhat against all of them but one. But I noticed that he was still in the midst of the seven churches. I stand at the door and knock, Brother Barry, he said to one of them. How did he get on the outside? It's not a game. What we're doing here tonight has eternal implications. Where your soul, the condition of it, When you leave this walk of life, it's for an eternity. There's no purgatory. Send Lazarus. I'm sorry. Send him to my brothers. I'm sorry. They helped Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. So what I want us to do tonight so everybody that would. If you're determined to hold fast to those things which you have heard, lest at any time you should let them slip, I want you to come and rededicate your heart. And if you need God in your life and you just want to pray and you want to ask God to help you and to cleanse you, and you or you want the gift of the Holy Ghost, just come on. The altars are open for whatever, and whosoever will, let them come tonight. Mama always said, if any way at all do, no way at all do, just as good. God exacts from us truth in the inward parts. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Would you pray? I want to be like you, Jesus. I want to be like you, Jesus. I want to be like you, Jesus. Thank you for being in the midst of the the candlestick, in the midst of the seven churches. Wooing us, oh God, calling us to you. Help us not, oh God, to give ourselves over to other things and to listen to voices that are not true God don't let our speech become the speech that is tainted with the voice of other gods and of other things and of other ways that are not truth and righteousness and pureness before you in love God anoint our minds anoint our hearts give us ears to hear what the spirit would say to the church Give us ears to hear what the Spirit would say to the church.